0: Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. here at Takeover Church. And today we're trying something a little bit new. Ooh. I am handheld wireless. I don't, that's not right. I don't have a microphone in my hands. So yeah. I kind of have it Woo. closely in yeah. my body. Because everybody at church was like, hey, you just talk with your hands and you're smashing things and nobody can hear you when you do this. And so we decided to experiment with this. Let me know how it works. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. All right. So last week we didn't have church because it was what? Sabbath Sunday. Yeah. sensible Since it was Sabbath Sunday, who's rested in the house? Yeah. Oh, come on. who had a good 4th of July? Yeah. Who else got zero sleep? Because for some obnoxious reason there is fireworks every single night of the Whoa. week for you know, seven weeks of me. Whoa. But uh, you know? Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? Exactly. It's it's good. I'm crazy enough as it is, so, uh, but it's good, we feel really rested, and we just want to say, we're a church that, like like Pastor Scott, who's our associate pastor, is wonderful, Um, when we give things away, we love to just give honor where honor is due, and I just also want to say, thank you so much for allowing our team, like not just our staff, like our paid staff, but like all the volunteers our incredible serve crew allowing them to take the week allowing them to go you know what i can go camping i can go do this i love that we're a church that can get behind that we invest in our team we invest in our people and it's just a small way to say you know what let's take a sabbath let's recharge let's rest let's all go and be purposeful with our rest not fill it with tedious other activities that we could use to get done but let's go rest and I feel like our team really took advantage of that. And I just want to thank you, church, for allowing our people to have a week of rest. Give it up for yourselves. Thank you so much. You. Well, this morning, yeah, it's going to have its own trials, isn't it? Um, this morning, we are kicking nice. off a brand new it's series called Summer Loving. Nice who's excited thing. to talk about relationships today? Yes. <laughs> you got the there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is like free HM chain alert, there you go, it's good, <laughs> I don't need it, apparently, it's okay, <laughs> with the enemy, not for evil and all that, but this morning we were kicking off a brand new series called Summer Love It, somebody say Summer Love it. Summer <laughs> Love it. if I say, Summer loving, you said so And I said summer loving. You said Happens so bad. And I said summer loving. That's. Nobody remembers the rest of the words now. There's more. Okay, it's the other part where the guy says getting down in the sand, and I go that sounds very uncomfortable because <laughs> I have issues and I don't go to the beach as you can tell by my skin pigmentation. But I don't go outside a lot because your boy is a redhead and I step out there for five seconds and I'm killing my skin the next day. It's fantastic. Anyways, so we're kicking off a brand new series this morning called Sober And This is actually our first relationship series here at Takeover Church. Now I'm sure, come on, come on. Yeah. I'm sure if you come to Takeover Church for any length of time, we're quite proud of this, that we just really have a heart for God's word, that we believe emphatically that the word of God is God's heart For human story. We actually tangibly and just audaciously believe the Bible. We take God at his word. If he says it's this, it's this. If he says he can heal this, he can heal this. If he can do these things, he can do these things. And that's just the kind of church that we have resolved ourselves to be. Amen? Amen. Y'all believe in Jesus this morning. Come on, come on. Hey, how good was worship this morning? Yo, the blessing, the blessing Christ be magnified Every time it says, oh, and he, uh, and it puts me through the trials, I will uh, rejoice, cause, or it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. Oh man, that just makes me oh, break inside, and I love it. But worship crew, did a great job, but yeah. as we start this brand new series, Summer Love, we're not sure how many weeks it's gonna go yet, like six or so, but we're really excited about it because we emphatically believe that right now in the world today, I bet you would agree with me. Would you agree this morning that right now in the world today, we are so, so just helplessly desperate in the need of a Savior? Yes. Yeah. Would you believe that if you turn on Fox News or CNN or Wood TVA or wherever you subscribe, you get on Twitter, you get anywhere else, and you just go, Lord. Where are you? We are in desperate need in 2020. In July 2020, we need a savior. We need somebody who knows how to do this. We need somebody who wrote the roadmap behind us. We need somebody with an atlas to our future because I cannot see my feet in front of my face. We need Jesus, amen? Amen, And it's my conviction for Takeover Church that right now, when I look around the world, when I look at Grand Rapids, I know we're a global church right now because we have so many things happening online now, yay. But we're still responsible for this city, our city, our responsibility, amen? Yeah. Amen. And as we're in this city and I look around, and I look at relationships and I just go, whether it's my own, let me start with me first. If I look at my own marriage. God, Adrian and I's marriage is in desperate need of Jesus. Don't say hey, amen too loud, right? embarrass me. <laughs> don't embarrass me. Whether so there's just relationships of all kinds, whether you're single and you're on dating apps, whether you're dating and you're in like a committed relationship, whether you are someone who is married right now, whether you have been somebody who has been through marriage already and now you, you find yourself however it came about there was zero judgment here this morning but you find yourself recently single again wherever you are on the relational scale this morning it's our belief it's our conviction and it's the reason we're doing this series is because we believe that jesus actually wants to have a say in your relationships as you go forward amen here at church we're going to say and if you know it, you can repeat it after me. But if he ain't Lord of all, yeah. Lord at all. Come on, let's do it one more time. If he ain't Lord at all, yeah. he ain't Lord at all. Come on. Oh, did I botch it? I botched my own mantra. Yeah. If he's not Lord of all, he ain't Lord at all. There we go. And that's why we call the takeover church because we exist to see Jesus take over people's lives, and one of these things that we exist to see and take over is our relationships, right. yeah. because we are in desperate need of a savior right now in this thing. I mean, who better to define what we call love, what we call marriage, what we call relationship, how we should date, how we shouldn't date, how we should, they, how we should uh, love our spouse, how we shouldn't love our spouse? All of these things. Man, we are looking to the world to, this, to define these things that which it did not create. The created cannot define other created things. Only the creator can define created things. He made it. Come on, somebody. He put this whole thing into action. This morning, I'm asking that over the next however many weeks, we would just begin to believe Jesus. Actually, maybe just take him at his word just one time in one area and watch what he begins to do. Because for a lot of us this morning, we are in a place and time where maybe you met Jesus later on in life. Maybe you're already married. And maybe now you're trying to figure out how to reformat your marriage because all you saw growing up was dysfunction, was chaos. And even if they grew up and even if they were married and Rockford had a white picket fence, it still wasn't perfect like Jesus is. And so there's fractures. And how many of you know in this life so much more is caught than taught? Right. That's a revelation for somebody this morning. So much more in this life is more caught than it is taught. I don't remember a time in my life. Well, pause real quick. I do remember a time in my life. So when I was about six years old, my father first introduced me to pornography. He and my wife, I grew up in like a war zone of a home and my dad set me on top of his lap Pulled out his old school Easy Rider magazines, and it was just Naked women on Motorcycles, and here I am, six years old. My first introduction to not just the opposite sex, because I mean I obviously have like a mother and people in my life, my first real introduction to the opposite sex was via Easy Rider magazine of Naked Women on Motorcycles. But aside from that moment, which obviously I think we can all agree. That's not good. That's not good. Besides from that moment in my life, I don't remember a time where my dad and my mom ever sat me down and explained their marriage to me. And I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm in a room full of people where parents actually sat down their kids and said, this is why we do marriage the way we do marriage. This is the wind. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is where we come from. This is why we're in love. This is what we are here for you and me. No, because so much more in this life is more caught than taught. And unfortunately, human beings, and especially children, we are like sponges where we observe and then we absorb, amen? So many of us, we grew up in areas and in places. Again, even if it was in a Christian household, even if you grew up in the Bible, Tulsa, Oklahoma, New Jerusalem, if you grew up somewhere where Jesus was just ruling and reigning as supreme, that doesn't mean that your parents sat you down and explained to you what relationships are, how they should actually work in detail, and how they shouldn't work. And because of that, so many of us were left trying to reform that, trying to change, trying to pick up the pieces from a broken marriage that we're not even a part of. We were just raised by it. Because so much is more caught than it is taught, we found ourselves that we've observed more than we should have and absorbed more than we ever should have. And because of that, now our actions and in our inactions and our interactions with our spouse or with members of the opposite sex when it comes to dating it's broken, it's fractured, and it it's in desperate need of revival this morning. Is there anybody who wants to see revival in the relationships yeah, this morning? Some reason this lapel thing makes me uh, a little more dry. Who's taking notes this morning? You got any note tapes in the house. Come on, six of us going to heaven. I will let the rest of you catch up. Come on. You're Taking notes this morning. It's a summer love week one, but obviously it's me. So I have some sort of obscure, random reference for my message title, and I'm going to say this fully, knowing that if you're not at least 27. You probably don't know this song, but if you're over the age of 27, there's a good chance that the last song at prom mm, baby, was this song. Come on. You know the DJ, he was like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your last dance, prom 1997. Grab your booth and get your butt on the dance floor. This is your moment, kid, queen. And then all of a sudden, this song would start playing. Step one. You're like a dream come true. Two, just want to be with you. Three, no. Kyle, you know, right? Autumn knows it. It's plain to see. Show the one for me, yeah. And then, when he gets done with that night I butcher it, he says my message title. title of it is, start back at one. Somebody say, start back at one. Just turn and tell your neighbor in a COVID-friendly manner, you need to start back at one. I'm sorry that I can't sing. I'm sorry that I can't sing. God didn't give me that gift. I hope preaching makes up for it, okay? I know I'm monotone and it's terrible, but start back at one. And here we go. Y'all ready for some scripture? Yeah. Y'all ready to see what the word of God says this morning? Come on, we are coming out of Genesis 2, 18 through 24. Not much. It's bite-sized. We're going to go get through it together. Then the Lord God said, it is not good, somebody say it's not good, it's not good good that man should be alone, I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens brought them to the man to see what he would call them. But whatever the man called him, every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and every beast in the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper to be found fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took out one of his ribs and closed it up its place with flesh in the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman, brought her to the man. And the man said this, this at last talked I felt when I met Adrian. at last. Oh, your boy was thirsty. Uh, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman, because she was taken out of a man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. I'm gonna read verse 24 one more time. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. All oh, the son-in-law said, amen. amen. No, it's cool. I thought that was going to land. It didn't. All right, we're going to pray, and then we're going to see what God will do. Sound good? Yes. There's not more people in here that are grateful that your wife has to leave mother and father. Okay, that's fine. I was grateful. My moms were here too, and I love them but man. Um, they are just so good to me. Father God, we just thank you so much for today. We ask that you would come right now, that you would do only what you can do in this room and in this moment, God. We know the word says, where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst of us, God. And so we don't want just your presence. We don't want just your presence in our finances. We don't want just your presence in this moment. We don't want just your presence when it comes to conflict resolution and how we operate on the highway. No, today God, we are asking that you would do what only you can do and bring revival, bring your presence to our relationships, to our single seasons, to our dating seasons, to our marriage seasons, to our divorce season. God, we know that you are the God that brings beauty from ashes, yeah. from our adultery seasons, wherever we have found ourselves in this time period, God. We know, we know that you turn graves into gardens yeah. and you can restore marriages. And you can restore divorcees, and you can restore single people who are stuck in a culture that wants them to just have sex with everybody. We know that you can do things, God. And we trust you with that. We give you this time. We give you the platform. God, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my lips be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. in In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So before we go any further... I think it has to be said because I understand our church. One of the jobs for Adrian and I as our pastors is that obviously as we have new people. We get to try to get to know them, or one of our other pastors on staff to try to get to know you. And one of our amazing leaders will. But it's our it's our job as pastors. We're literally shepherds. We have to know, and I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory manner, but we have to know how our sheep are doing. We gotta routinely, we gotta be checking the pads and see how you're doing on the field. We gotta check how you're walking sometimes. We gotta look into your life and make sure that we are doing our job of keeping you healthy, of keeping you on track, of making sure that we are benefiting you, that you are getting God's best in this world. Would you agree that is our role? Yes. And so because that's our role, we understand that everybody in this room is in a completely different place in life and experiences when it comes to relationships. There's people in here that have been taken advantage of in relationships and that can can mean a litany of things. There's people in here who have had some real heartbreak in marriages as the spouse has maybe had some indiscretions. There's people in here this morning who been married for a, a long, long time and just extenuating circumstances outside on the peripheral of your marriage has caused your marriage to be a place of contention and bitterness and doubt. There's single people in here who've been single for a long time and, and it looks like, God, I thought this was called take over, not take forever. And so we're all, thank you, thank you. So we're all in these different places this morning. Don't point at Zach Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> there are, we're all in different places this morning. And I want to tell you this from the bottom of Adrian and I heart. Whatever we do a serious here at church, whenever we preach, whenever we sing a song, whatever we do as church, I hope that you know that we would never, ever purposely have a message, purposely have a segment in a message, purposely have a worship service set up in such a way Where it would ever be to judge you for your past or maim you for your present or to put shame upon you for past decisions and mistakes and hurts that you have experienced. When we come to this table around summer loving, it's a fun title. We all know what it's from, but when we come around the table of relationships, it is only to encourage you, to challenge you, to build you up, to edify you for the seasons ahead of you. We're not judging your past, bring your past with you when there's evaluation that can take place, because that evaluation of your past will set you free for your future but we would never judge it we would never crucify you for it this is for an edification for a build-up and never a beat down amen church amen so you got to know this is to set you up for a win for this current season and for every season to come this is never made you for the seasons of the past amen is that okay yeah that's good so we're going to start a relationship series So this was going to be the first thing the first time that we did this for me, I think you'll hear about relationships in probably every single message on some part because we, we just have such a heart for the Bible, such a heart for people that, man, we're going we're to apply the word of God to as many areas as we can because I'm a human and I'm a sinner and I can sit in the front row and I can listen to a great message and then I can be like, ha, he only talked about this. That doesn't apply to me. He no, only talked about this, that doesn't apply to me. Adrian really mentioned this, that doesn't apply to me. No, 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 the word of God applies for all of us. It's used for the edification, building up of every single person in the body. And that means if I'm gonna do my utmost to make sure I hit something in some area where you are struggling or where you need hope, or where you need breakthrough, sound good? Sounds great. And so if we were gonna start a relationship series, I thought it was the best idea A lot of prayer, because we said it. We announced it, and then I was like, all right, great, God, now we gotta fulfill this thing. And I thought like, man, if we're gonna do this, well then we gotta start peeling back some layers, don't we? We should probably go back to the beginning, shouldn't we? If we're gonna do a relationship series, then maybe we should start with the basic model. Maybe we should start back at one, amen? And so we go back to this moment in time where we see the very first man and woman interaction, where we see the very first marriage, where we see all of this start. And man, I felt like when we started this series, there is no better way to bring this to you than to start back at one and see what our God has to say about our marriage. We need, a lord of our relationships, don't we? Yes. Now, I can feel a little tension because if we're being honest this morning, we actually don't like that verbiage. We don't want to lord over our relationships, do we? No, 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 because we're broken, we're fractured human beings, and we would rather have the final say on our word, and that's and that's the reason most of us find ourselves in the position that we did, or our parents found themselves in the positions that they did, because we feel uncomfortable No, no man's gonna tell me how to have a relationship. No woman's gonna tell me how to have a relationship. No old book is gonna tell me how to have a relationship. But friends, I'm here to declare to you today, Jesus wasn't just a man, he was fully man and fully God. The Holy Spirit isn't just some mythical ghost, he is alive and active on the inside of every single Christian directing you as you should go and trying to pull you back from darkness daily. And the granddaddy of them all, Father God, He's the one that dreamed you up and imagined you and breathed you into this world. Yeah. He created marriage. He created relationships. He created community. He showed us how to do that, not just with Adam and Eve, but He showed us how to do it with Himself three in one, one in three. He understands that you and I, we were made for community. and we were made for relationship. And so if we were going to do this thing, I wanted to start back at one does that sound good yeah so when this verse starts off God says it is not good that man be alone it is not good that man be alone he's saying Adam you've got things that you're going to do in this previous time Amy, you have got things you're going to do in this previous time. Scott, you've got things that you were going to do in this previous time. Your call is not connected to your spouse. Your call is not connected to your marriage. You will have a call in your single season, and then you will have another call in your married season. And some of us have got to get this because we feel if we are single, we are aimless. And I'm telling you, friends, if you feel aimless in your single season, you are doing it wrong, right? There is always a goal in your single season. There is always something that God wants to do through you and in you in your single season. And and here we see Adam in his single season. This is probably something that we never ever talk about in church. But here we see Adam in his single season. God's saying... Later on in the scripture, yeah, I'm going to bring you a spouse. I'm going to make you a helper. I'm going to do all these things. Someone that's going to encourage you and strengthen you and come alongside you and your calling, and you're going to come alongside them and theirs, and you are just going to be this power team for Christ. And it's going to be amazing. He's going to do so many things for you. But there is, there is an assignment in the singleness, and for Adam, it's in this moment that we see Adam, he's, he's tasked. God has given him a sign, God has given him a calling, and it was naming all of the livestock. And friends, if I could just speak to you for a second, very candidly. Once Adam was done in his season of naming the livestock, only then did God bring him his bride. And what I mean by that is this, that some of us, the reason we're disgruntled in our single season, and trust me, I'm gonna hit the gamut this morning. Don't worry about it. We ain't staying, on single this whole time. But let me talk to the single people real quick. Yay. The reason, that, come on girl. The reason some of us feel so underdeveloped in this season is because we never completed the assignment in the previous season. We tried to move forward. We tried to move on. We wanted a relationship. We thought we were ready, but there's an assignment for you to complete in a previous season, a faithfulness for you to have, a call for you to answer, a place for you to go and complete your assignment with God. And some of us, we got bored and we got over naming all the livestock and we just wanted to jump straight to the relationship, straight to the marriage. We didn't want to college we didn't want to complete this we didn't want to work on our pornography addiction no instead we just wanted the booth thing. but the reason you feel so underdeveloped in the season is because you did not complete the assignment in the previous season i'm preaching to anybody this morning i'm gonna park on somebody's front lawn this morning it's gonna be awesome underdevelopment can i speak to that for a second underdevelopment we hate that. Development sucks. Why do why development sucks? Because development takes time. And development takes commitment. And development takes intentionality and purposing and making sure you are putting yourself in the place in the lane where God wants you to be. And then you have to remain steadfast in that lane where he has called you to be. And then, and only then, after he feels he, you, after he feels you have completed that assignment for his life, will only then will he bring you into the promised land. Come on, somebody. We're looking for the promised land, but we didn't finish our assignment in the previous land. We're looking for our promised land, but we didn't complete our assignment in the previous land, somebody. Come on. And so when it comes to this season of developing, again, God, I thought you said you wanted to come and take over, not come and take forever. I need you. I feel dry, I feel angsty, I feel anxious. I am watching everybody else in my life level up and move on and go into marriage and go into relationship and go into their promised land and here I am just single. And friends, can I encourage you and also challenge you today? I love double-edged swords because there is a there is a building up and then there is a piercing and removing. Can I encourage you with that this morning? It's this, if you're somebody who's single, and you're watching, you know, Kayla get married. Or you're watching Nick get married and choose the whitest name possible. Bring <laughs> like back Todd, Zach's dad from a previous <laughs> message where I didn't realize he was in the room and his name's Todd. <clears throat> or maybe it was your mom. Your mom's there, like, yeah, it was bad, but I get it. But you're watching somebody, you're watching all of your friends they got a great relationship, and other friends are engaged, and God just seems like He is just shining, 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 shining on every single area of their lives, and here you are. I wouldn't say this is a stone cold rule, but I think it's a good place to start. If everybody else in your life, you feel like they are moving forward, that they are achieving breakthrough before you do, they're being delivered before you do, they are being brought to the promised land before you are. I would encourage you, maybe. We take what our life looks like, what we've been doing in our relationships for the past six months, one year, three years, in our single season, what else have we been doing? And offer that up to God and say, is there something where my definition is defining what you want to define for me? Is there something in my life that I'm holding close to that you are asking me to open my hand up for? Is there something in my life that I have been putting my intentions behind and not your intentions behind? Because I'm seeing all of this going on and I don't know if it's because I'm crazy. I don't think so. Although I need to talk to myself in the mirror. I'm not crazy or is it that I am trying to hold on to something that you are trying to provide for me? Am I making a way where there is no way for myself and just getting absolutely nowhere? Or should I be trusting you in my single season? Should I be trusting you with my marriage? If you want to define my single season, then help me, Lord, remove my definition from it. Because right now, my definition is lonely, my definition is insecurity, my definition is feeling left behind, my definition is all these things that are keeping me from fulfilling and achieving the promises of God in my life, and so maybe for some of us, if we want to get started on the path of breakthrough in our single season, well maybe we need to reevaluate how we've been doing our single season, yeah. amen? It's good. It's good. Yeah. And so Adam, I love this. It says he, this is really, this is really, really niche. And I don't think anybody ever sees this. And I uh, meant to have sweet so it Italian, the, the podcast book because I probably did not make this up. But I love this moment because we see Adam name all the livestock. And then God says something like this. God says, he was done naming the livestock and he did not find a partner fit for him among them. Could a word for some of us this morning be Maybe if we want to get into the promised land, we need to quit trying to make play with pigs. Maybe some of us this morning, if we're looking to move into the provision season of our lives, we need to quit hanging out with pigs. Maybe we need to quit hanging out with livestock. Maybe it's time that we quit trying to look for partners among the pigs. And we start walking in what God says is best for our life, amen. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Amen. Yes. Adam is finished with the livestock and he didn't find a partner fit for him among them. I mean how could he? And it sounds like 2020's generation of Generation X or whatever which one they are, I don't know. I'm a millennial, I only care about myself. But (laughs) get it, get it. But it kind of sounds like the generation that we're living in now, doesn't it? We're looking for marriage in all the wrong places. We're looking for sex in all the wrong places. We're looking for we're looking for a relationship in all the wrong places. We're looking for friends with benefits in all the wrong places. I really have a marriage that's great with benefits than friends with benefits. If I'm preaching to anybody this morning. Yeah. Some of us, we have got to quit trying to find a partner in pigs, amen? amen? I know that's not the most glossy one-liner I've ever had. I know it may not be something you want to tweet, but I feel like it's a word for us this morning, amen? Yeah. Speaking of starting back at one, calling and purpose isn't exactly where I wanted to land here today. Instead, so I want to fast forward a little bit in this verse because I think if we're going to start back at one, I think we need to begin to look at our definitions. I think we need to start looking at what we have intention for ourselves in our lives, what we have intention for those around us. I think we need to start looking at our definition and our belief systems, okay? If we we're going to crack a marriage code, if we we're going to crack a good relationship, if we we're going to do these things the way Jesus says to do them, then i got to believe that we have got to start with what we believe because, friends, what you believe will determine what you go for. Right. What you believe will determine what you go for. Single ladies in the place with a style of grace. What you believe about men will determine the men that you go for. Single fellas in the place with no style and some grace. praise God. What you believe about women will determine the women that you go for. We're so often in this life, we're looking at our relationships or we're looking at our single season or we're looking at wherever we find ourselves in this place and we are disgruntled, we are distraught, we feel hopeless, we're over it, and we are, but at the same time, it's just as much as we are over it, we're still wanting it, which is ridiculous. And here we are, we find ourselves just in this conundrum. Good word. We find ourselves in this place. But I wonder if the reason we keep going back to the same women and the same men in the same places With the same group of friends, different names, same clothes, same style, same interests, same bars. I wonder if it's because we have a default belief system that is in much need of some renewing. I much need of submitting it to the name of Jesus. So much need of bringing that to church and being like, what does this look like for me? Because I wasn't raised in the church, I wasn't born in the church. I was raised in the church, and my parents still didn't tell me this. They didn't teach us in a while. They didn't teach us in Vacation Bible School. They didn't teach me these things. And so here I am with this broken default system of beliefs that are just causing me heartbreak and home wreck, and I need to be fixed, and I need a doctor, and I need some operation to be done. What do I do with this? if I can encourage you this morning what you believe will determine what you go for can I talk to the men real quick in place fellas what is it that you believe about women this sucks by the way it's a hard it's a hard topic what do you believe about women because here in this Bible God says that, I made Adam a helper. The Greek word for helper goes to the word strength. The Hebrew word for helper goes to the word rescuer, to a savior. If God's definition for a woman is that she would be a rescuer, that she would be your strength, that she would be your savior, how many men in this place are grateful for the women in the blacks because they have saved us more times than we can count. Amen? Come on, somebody. (laughs) That was cute, nice. If God calls a woman a strength and a rescuer, a remedy, a savior, and that's gotta be the place that we start at with our belief system of women, men. Again, I'm gonna ask the question, what do you believe about women? Do you believe that they're a strength? Do you believe that they are due honor? Do you believe that you are called to protect them, and to love them, and to build them up, and to provide for them, and to be taken care of them, that they were not taken from your side as a rib for you to dominate, but they were taken from your side as a rib for you to protect? What is it that you believe about women? Because what you believe about women will determine how you act towards women. It will determine what kind of women you go for, or is our belief system about women that they are weaker, and that's why they need protection. That ain't true. That they're just there for us to dominate and domineer and get what we want and throw away. Do you believe that their body is yours to do whatever you wish Do you believe that you are God's gift to all women? What do you believe about women? And I believe that if we peel back again in our lives, and we went back in the time machine and we validated six months to a year. The last three years, you look at the relationships you've had, the relationships, the one night stands, the friend with Benny's, the previous engagements, all of these areas in our life. If we were to look at those things, I believe our previous actions will tell you what you believe about women. I hope this is good preaching because I feel like it's hotter than hell yeah, in here yeah. and I am just worried. It's good. It's <laughs> so good this man. is good. It's yeah. Good. What do you believe about women? Because what you believe about women, women will determine how you treat women, yeah, that's true. how you pursue women, how you love women, the words that you speak to women, the way that you look at them at the law. What you believe about women yeah. will determine how you pursue and interact with women. And women, how you doing ladies? Are you good? Yeah. yeah. Ladies, what do you believe about men? What do you believe about men? Because just as disturbing as what I just lifted up, I would say that's disturbing, right? Yeah saying, like, here's what God says, and this is how it should be, and then go, oh, so often, this is how it is for us, right? right. I feel like that's quite disturbing. That's a disturbing contrast. I feel like we're very off the mark. I feel like I am very off the mark all of the time when it comes to this very specific subject. And so I wanna speak to the ladies real quick, because as a man, and as someone who wants to protect you, and as the shepherd of this house, you best know that I will come at somebody with a rod and a staff if they come for any of you women inappropriately, okay? I will rain down holy fire. I got no problem swearing up in a parking lot for the lady to take over church. Say I won't. But ladies, help me out. What is it that you believe about men? Do you believe that men should be honorable? Do you believe that men should be integrous? Do you believe that men should be godly, that men shouldn't have to wait for you to put up your boundaries, and said men should put up guardrails for your relationship where you can both independently and together fulfill your holiness and calling for you and him here and now? What is it that you believe about men? Yeah, that's good. Or, do you believe men don't necessarily need to be honorable? Do you believe men that they just need to be able to provide? That as long as they have a nice car and a nice place and a nice job and a nice this that there's security? Do you believe that men should never raise a hand to you unless it's to praise you? Or do you believe that men putting hands on women is sometimes okay and specifically in your life because of your past and your mistakes and how you believe you are unlovable. What is it that you believe about men, ladies? Because what you believe about men will determine the type of men that you go for. And I know all of us in this room, and there's been times in our life where we have we have not risen to God's highest calling for our relationships, but we have lowered ourselves to the lowest common yep. denominator of what we believe men or women should be but to us. I mean, And because of that, our last one year, again, six months, a year, three three years relationships, ladies, you can look back at them as well And you can go. Did I go for men who wanted to protect me? Did I go for men who wanted to treat me like God treats the church? Did I go for men who were going to love me like Jesus and to Jesus and ultimately make me look more like Jesus? Or did I love someone who didn't believe that? Jesus was bruised and crushed for our and said he believed he could bruise and crush me. Did you find yourself dating men who, instead of putting a guardrails for the both of you to protect you and them, and everything God has placed on you in your life, or instead did you date men who tore down your boundaries, men who took scripture and twisted it. What is it that you did over the last three years in your relationships? Because again, our previous actions and our previous situations and relationship will give us a clear roadmap to what it is that you and I believe about the opposite sex. I wanna start back at one today. Because there are some definitions in our lives that God wants to nail down for us so that we do not fall to the lowest common denominators. No, but we would live to God's highest calling for our relationship. There are some things in our lives that God wants you to define, that God wants to protect, that God wants to instill on the inside of you so that you don't get taken advantage of. So you don't find yourselves in those places to be taken advantage of. There are things in our life right now starting with relationships, and we need to evaluate evaluate today, what does my, my past look like, because that's not what I want to believe about women. I want to believe that they're a helper, that they're a strength. I want to believe that men are supposed to be men of valor, men of humility and honor, who's going to take care of me, like Jesus take care of the church, I, that's the kind of man that I want to begin to pursue and I believe if we put God's definitions in place of our own because you and I, we love to have control, we do. We love it. Ain't nobody on God green earth going to tell me how to have a relationship, tell me how to treat my old woman, not tell me how to treat my old man, ain't nobody. It's like how about we just, you know, we start petitioning the God of this green earth and asking Him what? What your relationship and your marriage should look like of the soil that he pulled you from on that green earth. Yeah. Speaking of starting back at one, what about the marriages? What about marriages in the place? I have an awesome marriage. I love my marriage. I'm sure your marriage is great. I want no other marriage than Adrian and I. Said. None. Why? Because we fight hard and we love hard and we pray hard party hard and we believe hard and it is awesome. Even in the worst moments, it is awesome. But there's some things in our own marriage that when we got married, before we got married, we talked about these things and I said, well, I sure as heck don't want to bring anything that I saw growing up into our marriage. I want God to begin to define our marriage. What does His word say? Because what I saw was abuse, What I saw was chaos. What I saw was a war zone. What I saw was neglect. What I thought, what I saw was uh, absence. What I saw was not great. Praise God, they got a great marriage today, mom and dad. They're really great grandparents, and I love them for it. But when you're in a marriage and you hear topics like this, some of us, we feel like, you know what? Well, now we just got to throw the baby out with the bath water there's been too much bad for there to ever be good for this thing and that's not true at all if we start back at one we begin to reevaluate we start having Revivalist conversations in our relationships, specifically in our marriage together in unity. I know this isn't always easy, and I know that spouses are sometimes at different places with church and with Jesus and with Christ and with all of these things and their salvation. I understand that, but all it takes is one spouse. And if you're a woman in here, it's probably usually going to be you, and I apologize for that. As men, we have had not great examples leading the way for us of how to have healthy dialogue and conversation and confrontation and clarifying. And a marriage, so it might end up falling on your shoulders, and I pray that you've got strong shoulders, because men we can be stiff-necked and hard-headed, and we need a lot of grace and a lot of time and a lot of nagging, to be honest with you, come on, somebody. The other ladies said amen. amen. It might end up falling on your shoulders, if I'm being honest this morning, but there is revival for your relationship if we would begin to begin intentionally talking about these things, because again, we're here. 50 years in marriage, 15 years in marriage, five years in marriage, it doesn't matter where you're at in your marriage. And there's some things that, you know what? You didn't have Jesus when he got married. All you were worried about was, well, I was pregnant, dad was gonna shoot him, and we had to figure this thing out. But we didn't have Jesus, and we were just getting high all the time, We thought we were in love and we got married and all of a sudden here we are all these years later. Or maybe we had some sort of West Michigan Christian upbringing, but it had never really stuck when it came to our marriage because we did this and we did that and it looked anything but Jesus. And here we are, we have Jesus now, we're in church, we're in Christ, we're working out salvation. And you know what, when I got married to him, Well, I didn't didn't take into account that maybe I need somebody to fulfill my needs emotionally and intellectually and spiritually. I just took into account that I needed somebody who was going to provide because we had a baby on the way, because we were having too much fun before we were supposed to. And now here we are, 10 years down the track, and I'm hearing that God has a purpose for my marriage, and so how do I begin to discover that now? Because for a lot of people, they'll hear messages like this and they'll, their mind, for some random reason, will actually tend to go towards divorce. And again, no shame in here. If you've been divorced, God can redeem everything. He may not redeem that marriage. Life circumstances might have moved beyond that. It might have been a really bad place for you to be in. In the first place, it might have been because of a lot of bad decisions. But what God can do is to begin to write you a new chapter in this new season. What you can do with this series is go, okay, divorce happened. Not great. I got a lot of brokenness. I need to suss this out. I need to pray for them. But God, come and reevaluate my definitions from this day forward because I'm hearing Pastor Matt say all these things. You know what? I'm going to look for an honorable man. I'm going to look for an honorable man who is willing to fulfill the call of his life and be a father to sons and a husband to a divorcee and to make her holy like our Bible says to do. Come on, church. That's going to do with our divorced people, we're not going to chuck stones in them, we're going to build them up, yeah, i sick and tired of that, God can do a new thing, who are you to limit when that new thing can start, yeah. Yeah. but today, this is my call, this is my, my hope this morning is that, maybe if you're a man today and you got married again for all the wrong reasons, I worked for the dad of the company or whatever it may be and or the sex was great and the downtown was crazy. But we got married and I thought it's what I was supposed to do and what we are doing. And now here we are in church and I find out there's a purpose to this whole thing. And the purpose doesn't start with a new spouse for you, it starts with your, your spouse for you. And you guys decided, no. How do we put these things into place? How do I become the strength for you, and how do you become the honorable man for me? i preaching to anybody this morning. Yeah. Yeah, I know we got to get ready to start to close up. Five minutes ago, worship team, you can make your way back up here as we get ready to land this bird. There's something else I wanna hit just right quick when it comes to starting back at one. Starting back at one doesn't mean starting over. It just means beginning anew today, to walk in a greater future tomorrow. So if you are married today and you realize that you've been married for a long time and you didn't start off on the right place and the right foot with the right principles, I wanna encourage you. It's gonna sound weird to say. Because the world we live in, your best sex is your next sex if you start with these principles today. Your best intimacy is your next intimacy. If you start letting God define what you believe about men and about women, your best adventures are your next adventures. The new spice and flavor to your relationship is still the same relationship you were in. It's just when you begin to implement these things. And if we're going to talk about starting back at one, it would be remiss of me this morning not to talk about ourselves real quick. Because the bottom line is, What you believe determines what you go for. Well, that doesn't just apply to members of the opposite sex. What you you believe about yourself will determine what you receive for yourself. What you believe about yourself will determine what you receive for yourself. You see, there's people in a marriage today that because of previous indiscretions in your marriage because of previous lying because of previous cheating and things that have happened what you believe about your spouse and what you believe about you instead of facing those indiscretions and those hard conversations head on. Instead, what we decided to do was just kind of physically begin to walk forward in our spouse, while emotionally we never resolved this. Like Adam, we never named it and claimed it and told it what it was and then forgave it and moved on from it. There are things in our marriages that are gonna take place where you will never move on from that season unless you name it unless you declare what it is. And some of them you're gonna have to embrace, some of them you're gonna have to forgive, and some of you are just gonna have to learn to extend a lot of grace for, because it is out of your hands. But when we have refused to emotionally and spiritually take care of these things in our marriages and move on and have forgiveness, have the last word, well then we physically, we move forward, but emotionally we're stunted Emotionally, bitterness has taken root. It is actually, it is actually handicapped. The kind of love that you can receive. The love that your spouse wants to give you. The love your God wants to to give you. You can get so embittered in your marriage that you have a hard time even receiving heaven's love for you. And so when we go into this next song, what I want to have us do is this. want us to reevaluate. Maybe it's not your singleness that you need to reevaluate. Maybe it's not your marriage that you need to reevaluate. Maybe it's what you believe about yourself that you need to reevaluate. If Christ's blood on the cross was enough for your past to God, it has got to be enough for your past for yourself. You have to begin to believe today if you're going to have a healthy single season, if you're going to have a healthy marriage, if you're going to have a healthy previous marriage season to divorce season to start relationship again season, wherever you fall in this area, if you are going to have success, if you are going to have breakthrough, God only desires breakthrough for you. Maybe you haven't heard that, but he's actually good all of the time and all of the time he's and that's in broken marriage and that's in single seasons that are dry and it's in divorce and it's all these places God desires breakthrough for you and if you are ever going to receive what the kingdom has for you you've got to determine what it is that you believe the kingdom has for you. What you believe you are worthy of receiving because God determined that you are worthy of receiving Christ. Because only one see in Christ that He can truly begin to walk in that new relationship in that new marriage and this newness that He has for you. Start back at one today. Start back at one. Would you stand your feet? We're going to get ready to go back into this last song real quick. And we just, what we're going to do is we're to give you a moment reflect a moment to God a moment to be with the Holy Spirit and just go, you know what? I have believed that I am unworthy of love. And because I believe I'm unworthy of love, He can't actually give me love because I can't receive it. I believe I'm unworthy of a godly woman and because I believe that, because I believe that I'm broken a fraction, I only ultimately hurt her. Instead, I just have a bunch of bedmates and roommates and Friends with benefits, and I just further wrap myself up in chains of sex and identity and things that are confusing. And I have no way of getting out of them, but I know I don't deserve that. God wants to give you good things. And he wants you to be able to give and receive those good things, specifically in relationships today. So, as we bow our heads and we close our eyes right now. Judging. What I want you to do in this moment is our incredible worship team just begins to lead us right here, right now. I want you just to make these words your own. If you're not wanting to sing these songs, you just want to get with God right now and just ask Him. We have a portion of scripture where this man says, Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. If you Relationship and a good signal this season for you, ask him to help you with your unbelief, teach you to receive things that he wants to give you from heaven and to give you the integrity and the honor and the strength to embrace these challenges head on. Because on the other side, this confrontation, conversations is the life that God has for you. Let's sing Amen.